Hey, yo, what up? This is Keith Murray. I'm chilling with my boy LC and Jack on the LC and Jack radio show, Death Squad LOD. Check out my new single, Laws of Polarity. Peace. are listening to the LC and Jack radio show live from New York and now here are your hosts LC and Jack Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the LC and Jack Radio Show with your man LC and Brad holding it down. Give us a shout here in the studio. We're live and direct at area code 347-843-4738. Up close and personal, Urban Talk Radio. We thank you for uh, joining us for another edition of the show. And, uh, you know, it's really great. Another week. And... I tell you, it's it's beautiful to see that spring is here. What a winter. Unbelievable. What up, Keith? Well, Keith, oh, man, I finally get to talk to my man. He'd be like, who the hell is Cornbread? <laughs> oh, that's hey. you, Cornbread? That's me, baby. You know what I'm saying? Now you finally know. <laughs> yeah, baby, that's me, baby. Keith Murray from the, Murray from the Death Squad, baby, in the house. Yeah, he don't remember me because I was like a, I was like a hundred pounds lighter when he first met me, so he don't remember me. I'm big dude now. <laughs> oh, oh, you cornbread for real now? I'm, I'm cornbread. Look, I'm cornbread fed. <laughs> oh, you cornbread uh, mashed potatoes now. Oh, see, now he really going in on me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's uh, good. That's what's good. Yeah, <laughs> Keith, man, it's been a minute, man. Um, yeah, what's what's happening in the Keith Murray world? What's good? I got a new song out right now that's blazing called uh, Lords of Polarity. That's doing well online. Nice, nice. Give those give those uh, listeners where they can reach out. You can check Lords of Polarity on uh, SoundCloud. Facebook, Twitter. Yeah, I just saw that yesterday. I just saw the feed yesterday. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to look at it, but uh, I definitely will when I come back tonight. So, Keith, you're doing your thing now. We always get hit up from 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 cats all over the world that want to get on. Give 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 the uh, the listeners an idea. You know, you came you came on and got on with the Death Squad, and um, can you give the listeners an idea of the, the process of making an album, the, how long it takes, the amount of work that's involved? Well, um, fortunately, I was I came through Eric Service, who's a super producer. 
So I just had a lot of rhymes. I was I'm very dedicated in writing rhymes and the culture of hip hop and uh, wordplay and uh, memorization and being original and different. So I always got a lot of rounds in my head and stuff. And Eric knows how to uh, take the rounds and format them and make the hooks and put up the beat. So get with a good producer that knows how to make real good songs, and then you can go from there. Right, right. And how how important was that for you? And I and I remember, you know, I, you know, talking to Eric, you know, back in those times, and you know, how important was him to kind of guide you through that process. Well, it was a natural uh, order of progression because I was with him for two years before I even made a record. Okay. I, I would just go there, rhyme, rhyme, rhyme. He was doing EPMD, touring. Then he started doing Eric Service solo. And then I made Hostile with him from the rhymes that I had. And then I just was writing, 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 going to college and, and, and hanging out. Cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I like you said, it, it, it's a process of of, of getting somebody to kind of get get your music that that that, and and it's a pro, it's a it's a dual process, right? You're like, yo, when Eric's playing those cuts, and you're like, yo, Eric, yo, E, man, this is the joint, man. This is this is gonna lay nice with with that song, and 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 both Eric is like, yo, that hook, that hook, you know, everything kind of everything's got to sync up. So it's you know, and we try to tell the listeners all the time, you know, everything's got to kind of match. Everything's got to match what's 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 going on. So so tell us, Keith, you've been tra- you traveled all over the world. What's what place in the world is was a favorite your favorite place to perform? What country? Well. I'm always asked that question, and, um, you know, wherever I go is Keith Murray, and people receive me well, so I pretty have a much good time everywhere I go. I mean, like, people are really good to me, and I really appreciate that, so I can't really say, yo, one place is the best place, you know what I'm saying? But I love New York and California. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you you narrowed that down quick. New York yeah, and Cali, baby. Yeah. That's the bookends of the world. <laughs> well, I don't see the um, credit cards. Yeah, no, I hear, I hear that, Keith. Keith, tell, tell, uh, tell us your experience working with R. Kelly. Um, R. Kelly is a, a, a real professional recording artist and a, a true, you know, artist that um believes in himself and he's really about his situation. I mean, I learned um, really to be uh, dedicated and into my craft and really, really on point with R. Kelly. You know what I'm saying? It just, it happened like organically because I was signed to Jive and he was on Jive and they just told me that they wanted me to do a record with him. So the A&R guy, I went to the studio with him and um, he played the record and then just came together. I heard mm-hmm. the beat and it made me say, you know, what I said. It's going to be a party, y'all. Keep <laughs> classic, classic. Yeah, that's a classic. I ask you that because, you know, when you work, you don't know how often you'll, you'll be able to work with a legendary, I mean, legendary producer, right? You had a chance. 
you you had a chance to do uh, as Keith got a couple conversations going on, so you know on live radio. <laughs> it's all good, live radio direct. <laughs> but um. <laughs> But uh, we got you back, Keith. I know you got a lot of stuff going on in the background. We're going to keep you too much longer, but I was... No, 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 no. I'm with you. Okay. So I was just saying, you know, before, um, is that um, it's not too many people that get a chance to be work with legendary producers. Obviously, with uh, uh, the E-Double, Eric Sermon, R. Kelly. I mean, I, you, you've been blessed, man, to work with some... Mary J. Blige, LL yep. J, Biggie yep. Smalls, uh, the list goes on. Right, right, right. It, it's, I mean, you've been blessed, my brother, and by being able to work with these people, um, was out of the, the the different songs you were able to to do with, like you said, Mary, Biggie. Is there one in particular that you? You know, you kind of like, man, I was just so fortunate. The timing was was just perfect for me, and I was just, it just happened for me. Was was there any one artist or song in oh, which yeah. Mary you mixed? Mary J. Blige, definitely, because I got to do the Apollo with Mary after the song was done. Like, uh, uh, people don't really know, like, Mary didn't know who Keith Murray was, so Puffy right. called me to the studio, got me a car, went there. So I was in there writing my verse, and then they was in the hallway talking. So I walked out in the hallway, and I heard a piece of the conversation. And he was convincing her why I should be on the record. And she was like, I don't, why, why is he on my record? I don't want him on my record. I love Mary. She didn't know who I was then. But she didn't wow. Know she just that. said it like that, huh? Wow. And she was talking to Puffy, and I walked in on the conversation. Right. So then I Crazy. was like, um, then I said, um... I said the rhyme, like, um, started going crazy in there, and then it came on record, and then there was a hit, Be Happy. Be Happy, yeah. I, I was just going to say that for the listeners that didn't remember. I, I remember like, like it was yesterday. Yeah. Be Happy. I said, my nine be on my hip like my scar pager. He said, <laughs> keep very solid, scrappy, and nappy. All I want to do is be happy. <laughs> Yo, that... that. Yeah. That made yo Keith. That made that cut. That oh yeah yeah yeah. When when, when she was in the, in the hallway talking to him, I was like, you know what? I went to that mic. I was like, yo, my style is major flavor. And my number on my. I went crazy in that dude. <laughs> and I like to say thank you for the inspiration, Mary. Yeah, Mary. Yo, I give Mary credit, man. You know, I was just talking about. I don't know who I was just talking to recently. And I was just talking about Mary and how she really do it. You know, I, I give her a lot of credit, man, from where she started and then where she is still doing it all these years. You know, I, yeah, I you know my who hat. I had the opportunity to, uh, I did a song with Patty Austin. People, a lot of really? people are, uh, don't know Patty Austin. No, we know her. But yeah, Quincy Jones produced her. She's a real big inspiration because... That cut that that movie star record that I did for Def Jam, she looked like a right. movie star. I had the sample, but she came in and sung it live, so I paid her direct, and she came really? right in on point. Yeah, tit tat, tit for tat, like my grandmother's age, tit for tat, professional. 
I was like, wow. Wow. Yeah, you dropped something. You know what? We've actually just reached out to her. She's, she's actually um, out. It's funny you mentioned her name. She's actually out on in Europe touring. So we're going to link up with her when she comes back. So we, 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 we do we interview a lot of legends in the game. Uh, and I'll call, yeah, I'll, I'll, like, I'll call your it name. Like working with uh, Kelly Price and Macy Gray too. Ooh, Kelly. Yeah. Oh, Macy yeah. Gray, man, you dropped some some major. And I did, and I did a record with Reverend Run, the Christmas record. He came to the studio, and I did the verse for him, the Christmas rap with me, yep. Snoop, and them. That was dope. And wow. the BC boys put me on one of their records. Oh, the BC? Yeah. What, what, a what, long time what? ago, back in the days, I did an interview for the Village Boys, and the guy brought it up. I forgot all about that record. Wow. Yeah, you're making me think now. I'm trying to even remember that joint that you did with the Beastie Boys. Word. It's, yeah. all, it's online somewhere. I, I totally forgot until the writer brought it to my attention. They in the Hall of Fame. I'm like, wow, that was a great accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, man. You've been, my brother, you've been blessed, man. Like that, like I said, that's a lot of people don't realize it. For the, for the amount of people that you've had a chance, you know, most people don't get a chance to work with the amount of legends that you worked with. Yeah. Oh, and somebody, I mean, else that, somebody else just popped in my head. I got a gold plaque that's in my little daughter's room for right. me and Shaquille O'Neal. Wow, that's right. <laughs> was it uh, Shoe Pickens or what was his name? Shoe Pickens. Yeah, right, right. The song was called From T.I. to N.J. That's when he was with the Foo Snickers, but he came out with an album called Shaq Diesel. Eric Sermon produced the record. Right, right, right. Wow. Eric Sermon put me on. All of this is because Eric Sermon. Yeah, Eric's a good dude, though, man. I mean, I, you know, um, you know I grew up with those dudes, both him and, and Parrish, you know, back in the day. So I was always fans for them just before they actually, you know, they blew up. I mean, they, you know, they they were doing stuff. They, you know, their brothers, you know, they were they were yeah. doing stuff before, and they just it was a kind of natural fit for them to kind of keep the music thing going. And you know, the rest is history. They you know dropped, I shot the sheriff, and you know, it, yeah, you know, it's the rest yeah. the rest is history. You know, I was I was, show, he showed people ahead. how to use the samples. He knew how to flip it. Eric showed people how to use the samples. Right, right. He know how to flip it. He know how to how to take it and get a funky beat behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, definitely, definitely. Tell us, tell us how it was to to work with. Uh, and I, I love him. I was just listening to a lot of his music. Actually, it was funny. Yours and uh, and and his too. Who was down with you guys? Uh, Redman. Oh yeah, Redman is a, um, a real professional. He's very inspirational, and um, he gets the job done. He delivers. I love Redman. He's, 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 he's like my brother, me, him, and Eric. So, showed me a lot how to rock the stage, how to work in the studio, how to work the board, and how to make beats and stuff. Definitely, definitely, Redman on the case. And what would you say, Keith? And I was just, I, I was just listening to, um, what was I? I was on one of the, 
different music stations. And uh, <clears throat> the album, The Most Beautifulest Thing in This World, um, I, I love that that cut, The Most Beautifulest mm-hmm. Thing. You, you did that. Well, out of all your all all your songs, obviously, you know you've done a lot. What was what would be the one that you maybe didn't expect to really hit, and it and it really took off? Was there any one that you were like, yo, I, I don't know about this, but Erica's like, he was like, nah, man, this is it, this is it. Well, the funny thing about that story is that record, the most beautiful thing in the world, right. That was a line that I said on Eric, uh, a record called Hostile, the single that I did. Right, I remember it. Yeah, the most beautiful thing in this world is my notion for murderous poetry emotion. So mm-hmm. Eric put me in a booth and said, yo, say that most beautiful thing in the world and then say just like that. I couldn't say it together. I had the hardest time putting that hook together. And I was like, yo, E, this ain't going to work. He was like, no, just trust me, it's going to work. I argued him tooth and nail because I right. couldn't get it. I couldn't, like, say it in rhythm. And then eventually I said it, and he pieced it together, and that's what came of it. Wow. It's funny how these records come together, man. You hear some of the stories, and um, you're like, wow. That's how this that single came, you know, came to be? It's 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 really it's really crazy. It's like Doctor Funkenstein. He's in the lab making making something happen out of nothing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's it. Well, that's the lab. You'll see wow. Keith, what what what? Um, I know you did a lot of cuts, and, and we're not, we won't keep you too much longer. But you did. Um, I'm trying to remember. I know there was a cut that you did. Uh, that's right. You guys did a, and it, it was the, de- I think it was the Death Squad at the time. Did uh, I want to say uh, was it El Nino or? Yeah, El Nino album. Right, and I think you guys did a, a Rapper's Delight, or you, you did some yeah, type did Rapper's of Rapper's Delight. Rapper's Delight. How did that come about? And I, I think you won there. Yeah, um, it was uh, me, Redman, and Eric that did Rappers Delight, and it was so uh, good, dope, because Sugar Hill Gang was a three-man crew. One right. Delight, uh, Master G, and Big Bad Hank. I was Master G, Eric, Big Bad Hank, and Redman was Wonder Mike, so it fit so well. Right. So it was a, it was so an album compilation that all the all the artists picked the old school songs, and uh, Wu-Tang did The Message. And stuff like that. So Dev Squad did Rappers Delight, and we did the video, and it was a dope hit. And I met Sugar Hill Gang, and I had I got a chance to meet them, and we talked about that. It was dope because I was like the first rap record I really heard, and I was like, oh, wow, what is this? What, what are they doing? Right. And it, it made me sit down and write the record, memorize the record, and then I started writing my own rhymes. Yeah, you. How do you? What, what, what gives you bad? I always had to ask the question, man. You come up with the crazy combinations with the crazy terminology. So that yeah, was well, something I'm, that you did. Uh, when... Yeah, I always was uh, a studious person in school, and like I really aspired to education because my grandmother and mother always made me go to school, and I like to play sports. So you had to have good grades to play sports. Right. So I would be in the back of the science class or 
English class, and the teacher would be talking. I'd be reading books, but these words would keep jumping out at me. Mm-hmm. I would be in the back of the class, like, uh, gazing out the window, writing rhymes and incorporating the vocabulary in the rhymes. Because hip-hop then was you had to be original. So I was saying to myself, okay, how am I going to be original? What, what, what am I going to be different that I'm going to stand out that people is going to uh, gravitate towards me? And it was the being very studious, acknowledgeable of the English language and the words and how different words mean different things. And I started creating my own words and putting words together and putting EST at the end of words when it really shouldn't be there. And I started creating this style and then it stuck with me. Keith Murray, the most beautiful vocabulary. I tell you, I love it, man. I love that style, the way you, you know, when you came out, like you said, in hostile, that kind of got the hype going during yeah, that hostile. I also, I got to give props to the educated rapper from UTFO. Mm. He was the one who was, who was incorporating um, books and learning with lyrics and music and performing. And I was like, yo, that's my lane right there. Nice. And I, I appreciate you, man, giving up props to the people that came before us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You got to do that. Sometimes yeah. I be seeing those dudes, and I bug out. Like, Sugar Hill Gang, <laughs> when I seen them, I bugged out. Like, oh, shit. But they was looking at me like I had three heads. But I was like, if I was you and I met me, this is how I would act. Right. You got legends. So I don't have That's no shame in giving up props and acknowledging uh, people and letting them know what they've done for me along all my life and music and stuff like that. Well, that's what's good. Like, like MC Shan. You couldn't tell me I wasn't MC Shan or LL Cool J when I was growing up. Right. And I got a chance to work with them and met them, and I let them know, and they received me well, which only gave me more confidence. Aside from those two individuals that you just mentioned, who else um, uh, that came before came before you that you, you're like, yo, they, they don't get the props that they should get? And and they, they, they help shape hip-hop. Maybe not necessarily yourself, but you're like, yo, these dudes are always forgotten. Is there any, any uh, hip-hop artists from, from... I don't know, but, like, I mean, you know, as time goes by, people forget people, but Kumo D, K-Solo, yep. uh, Dana K-Solo? Where, where is K-Solo? Does anybody know where he's at? Okay, so I'll be around. He's been with Redman and stuff like that. And he's from Central Iceland, Long Island, where I'm yep. from. And I was, I'm younger than him, so I will always see him come through the high school, uh, rapping, battling people, bringing Biz Markie around. And Eric Hardy coming to the high school. And they used to do parties and stuff. And I used to see them driving through the hood once they got contracts and got cars and stuff. I used to be, like, on like corner, corner with my friends and stuff, hustling. Just hanging out and stuff, looking at them, aspiring. I'm like, wow, yeah, I'm going in that direction. Well, that's good. I mean, um, you know, big up to K Solo. It's been a long time since I've seen him, and I mean, there was a lot of potential there, but I just, you know, it didn't didn't see. I mean, he, you know, he 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 had a couple cuts, man. I was like, yo, this guy's doing it. And then yeah, K Solo ain't put a record out since 1992, but he's still known. That's amazing to me. It is. That's the impact though he had, and then it was like, "Yo, where where'd he go?" It's just you and know. Sometimes when you um 
become um into the um business, you get um um clouded and stuff, and then your artistry um it suffers because the energy that you was there with it changes because of the business deals and stuff you see like kind of discourages you. So you got to get mm-hmm. your foot in back. But that's what happens to artists and stuff like that. Like, even me, like, it's been a while, like, I've been unfocused and uninspired because my life was taking control of my artistry and my music business. But now right. I'm on track and I'm positive and I'm with Eric and we got good energy and doors is opening up for me. And I'm studying and writing rhymes and telling my life story again and it's becoming interesting to me again. Good, man. I'm I'm glad... I'm glad you mentioned that and, and and being shooting from the from the heart with that. I don't think people really realize, the, you know, being an artist how it, it's not easy. This is a job, and it, and you know, regular people like anybody else, and and um, it's difficult. What would you say, uh, Keith, is the hardest thing about being an artist? Um, the hardest thing is about being an artist is um being involved in people that's not into the music industry and is around in your life that plays a part and over your shoulder and commenting when they go to work on a regular basis and don't know what it takes to be a successful recording artist and a professional and, and, and you know, and they just think that, you know, you can just go in the studio, write a song, and, and it's all good. But then they look at you when you make mistakes, like, well, if I was you, I'd be doing this, that, and third. You're not me, but you can comment on what I'm doing, but you can't do what I do. So you right. got to balance that and, and, like, keep your circle small and stay to yourself and, and uh, indulge yourself into your craft and your work and surround yourself around people that's um, moving and shaking in the industry because the two worlds can collide and it can really distort you. I got you. What would you say... And I like you, the realism, and uh, we'll, we'll keep you for another two minutes, and we're going to let you roll. Um, what would you say, if, you had, if I asked you, if you had a, something to, to change in your career, a, a decision you made, you made, and you'd be like, yo, yo, Elsie, uh, you know, I should, if I would have did this differently, uh, you know, that would have yeah. been the move. Is there, is there any, any decision that you felt that, you know, you would you would change you would change your yeah, mind. I would have um, renegotiated with Jive and not um, left Jive and went to Def Jam. Because when I went to Def Jam, I was going to the Def Jam of the university. When I got there, it was the corporation, and Kevin and Leo was leaving, and I didn't know that, and I got caught up, and I rocked the boat and got caught up in the shift of the tide. And mm-hmm. I should have just renegotiated with Jive and stayed wherever I was at. If it ain't broke, don't try to fix. I was gonna fix it. What was what was so good with Jive though, Keith? I mean, obviously they they, you know that they were behind you. But what, what was was it a, a family atmosphere? What was what was great well, about I mean, Jive? Well, it was just it was just straight business. I mean, it was um, me and Eric go to the studio, which and then go hand the album to Jeff Sledge, Barry White, Eric Skinner, and then they put the records out. I just felt that my popularity. My sales wasn't matching my popularity, and I wanted to go somewhere where they was telling me that they was going to be able to move more units, and I was going to have more accolades, and I was going to be, uh, you know, had the attention that I deserved. But in Jive, I didn't realize it growing up that I was on course. I was sitting pretty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I remember. 
Uh, a lot of you mentioned uh, Shaquille O'Neal, and I think if I remember right, I want to say Tribe, Tribe Core oh, Quest yeah. was on Jive. One was over there. Yep. Uh, uh, well, Two E Forty Mystical. Yep. 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 All those guys were on Jive. So, you know, like you said, man, it, it's they they really. They they really had unbelievable artists when you think about it. Yeah, but yeah, but, but but then when you look at it, the president of Dive was Barry White. He's at Def Jam now, and he runs all the other labels too. So, you know, you, you can't really do nothing about that. So, right, I shouldn't have just rocked the boat when I did. I right. thought that I was going somewhere where people was gonna really be like, okay, we got you tit for tat, but it was all changing anyway. So. Gotcha. So, so we're in the internet age now, and and let the listeners know again your new single and and uh, that you have out, and what's putting you back in the in the mainstream. The new single is called uh, "Laws of Polarity," and it's online now. You can just punch up Keith Murray "Laws of Polarity" to come up, and the internet is um, bring the whole world to me at my kitchen table, and I appreciate the love. That everybody across the world and every nooks and cranny country and state and town and Providence is reaching out to me and giving me encouragement and letting me know, yo, keep going and uh, thank you for providing what I provided to hip hop thus far and I will continue to do so. And that's what's good, Brad. You got anything for Keith before we let him roll? Yeah, I just want to thank him for coming in and giving us the history. Of Keith Murray, that's awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate the time. He just hit me on Facebook and said, "Call in." That's the. I know, I know. Yo, I got so many heads I got to deal with. I was trying to get you at my birthday party, but you didn't know who I was. You was like, "Yo, who is this dude?" <laughs> <laughs> I got a rooftop party, baby. Let's go. He's like, "Yo," he's like, "Yo, you fly me in?" I was like, "Ah." Of course I'm fighting with you. Really? <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, it's all good, man. It's all good. I'll take a ring check on that. Hit me up. I got it's you. Sorry, man. It's raining right now, too, baby. I got you. <laughs> but, right, uh, I'm so, ready. I'm ready. It's, it's all good. Hey, Keith, God bless you, man. We appreciate you joining the show. So, you know, God bless him, man. He's, he's still doing sure. it. Positive, full of energy. Man. Full of energy. Like full of energy like, like he normally does. And, um, yeah. So uh, so it's all good. So what do you got there, Brad, before we get on out of here? Yeah, I just want to give a shout-out to the show, man. The show was excellent. You know what I'm saying? We threw it together, and uh, we made it happen in the rain, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm still hanging in with my voice. You know what I'm saying? And um, definitely tune in next week because I got a big announcement uh, for an event we got going on in the Bronx. I got a private party next Saturday for my girl Regina Baker, her 50th birthday party. So I'm going to do my famous meatballs. You know what I'm saying? If you don't have an invite, you can't come and eat the meatballs. That's for sure. But she made sure of that. <laughs> That's yeah, good. man. I- I'm looking forward to next weekend. It's going to be real big. Stay in local Yoko and do my local Yoko thing. You know what I'm saying? So everybody who's got my invite for the uh, Renaissance Youth Center, check your inbox. We're going to be there with the famous John Ashford, the shoe designer, illustrator, all that, man. We're gonna we're gonna do it big next weekend. All right, so that's all that's I got. Good. for the Healthy and Jack show this weekend. Yeah, that's just good. Yeah, Brad, again, it's great, man. Great uh, again that you're you're feeling a little bit better. Yes, sir. Just uh, <clears throat> turned out to be a fun, phenomenal show. You never know who's gonna call in. 
So that's why you have to dial in each and every week in LC and Jack Radio Show. We, we're getting ready to try to make some power moves here to really launch the show into the stratosphere. So, you know, you gotta you got to uh, take things a step at a time. And I, I really think uh, 2014 is going to be launched to the next step in the evolution of the LC and Jack Radio Show. So uh, thanks again. Again, make sure you check us out, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Facebook, wherever. Punch us up, LC and Jack. We, we come up and um, check out some of the shows. Hit us up at lcandjack at gmail.com. And uh, send us, that's a traditional, I don't even know how many people still email anymore when it comes to, um, you know, when it comes to Twitter and Facebook and all that, you know, the social networking. I don't know how many people that even do that anymore because they use the chats and everything else. But for those people that still do email on a regular, that's that's, a way you can reach us. So uh, give us your thoughts. And, again, uh, big up there to uh, Keith. And uh, his success on his new single and future endeavors that uh, he will embark upon. So, again, thanks again for uh, tuning in, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, stay safe, stay sound. Goodbye. Peace.